Hello and welcome to this podcast from Pure Sports Medicine. We're a team of expert clinicians based in seven locations across London and we're passionate about getting you active, helping you get better after injury and hopefully preventing further problems. My name's Sam Wilde. I'm a physiotherapist and deputy clinical director for Pure Sports Medicine. And in this podcast, we're going to be giving you the kind of advice and tips that we often give to our patients. In our first few episodes, we're going to concentrate on running. And later in this series, we're going to go over some common running injuries and also how the more experienced runner can prepare for a big race. But what if you're new to running? You may well be listening to this at the beginning of the year and you've made the resolution to get running and lose weight. I've been speaking to Andy Page and Alex Quinn. Andy's a strength and conditioning coach who's worked in elite sport and Alex is one of our physio team and a keen runner. We turned a treatment room in one of our clinics in the centre of London into a temporary studio and I began by asking Alex how wannabe runners should get started. So on on a basic level, um, get some good running shoes um, and get out the door and give it a go. But in respect to uh, making sure you do it well, not picking up an injury, making sure you can get to your goal, whether that be fitness, weight loss, and an event. Um, there's probably a few other things you should take into account, such as um, if you have any niggles or issues previously, or you're worried about picking up those sorts of things, working with uh, a physio, an SNC coach, uh, a running coach to get some guidance. Um, if you have no experience in running before, um, then speaking to friends, colleagues, coaches about ways of building into it. Um, there are lots of little plans out there, things such as Couch to 5K, um, which is on the NHS website, which is a useful start point, but not necessarily for everyone. Um, probably the key to begin with is to be prepared to start slow, start with things like walk-run intervals, be patient about how long it takes to not only build fitness, but to build the body's readiness and resilience to run um, be sensible with how quickly you progress um, be sure to make sure that you're not just running it's a great exercise but it can be so much more beneficial if supplemented by strength training other forms of exercise the the key take-home points are be patient start start slow and progress gradually and certainly um, get some advice and education if it's something that's completely new to you and something that you um, are looking to do for the long term and want to do with the minimal risk of picking up an injury. So Alex, when you say starting slow, what do you mean? Are you sort of talking one run a week, two runs a week, how many days in between? What's the basic guidelines on that? So I think it would depend on your background. If you are already a regular exerciser who is used to doing four or five times a week of something else, you can probably look to start doing two or three runs a week quite comfortably with some recovery days or other forms of exercise in between. If you're coming from sitting on the couch for the last 12 months, then realistically you want to start very slow and maybe just one or two runs a week with some other forms of gym-based work to supplement the running while you progress. So the runner starting from the couch who's done no running before, you mentioned also run, walk, run, walk as an option. How many minutes running, how many minutes of walking? Where should that non-runner start? So I think it's, it's very individual, but if you are coming from, let's say, point zero of not really done any running at all, um, it's important to maintain good form, good technique. So I would start on very small amounts of running, one to two minutes of running, short rest to allow you to recover in terms of heart rate, but also when you start running again, you can focus on good technique, good form. Um, and then there's lots of different ways to progress, but the sensible rule is to build up 10% a week or 
just to build up a minute per week until you're up to running maybe four, five, six minutes at a time. And then you can start chunking these runs together a little bit more to, to make them a little bit longer. So if we're running and walking in interval type format, we're going to reduce the chance of fatigue. We're not going to get so tired. We're going to try and keep it fresh, which is what we want. Andy, coming over to you, what else, what, what should they supplement? If they don't feel like they're doing much, they're going to get demotivated potentially because they're not burning calories. What would you say about that? What else could they be doing? There is no one perfect method. Um, part of the advantage of, say, using a cross trainer when you're in this stage is that it can is a similar biomechanical action to running as opposed to cycling. General resistance training, working with lower amounts of rest periods as well, circuit-based various forms of training, can also be a very good way to build tolerance towards running. Even people who do strength training for the first month, two months, we encourage to do things that work at a lower intensity, but for a longer duration. A lot of people are starting to run because they want to lose some weight, they want to burn calories. Is it, is it actually, if we go back to basics, is it the best way to do that? Should they be doing something else? If you're just starting off, running at any decent pace is probably not going to help you that much because it's not sustainable enough to do it for long enough. So even if it's a great way to get your heart rate up, you need to balance that with other activities that are of a lower intensity, like walking, like walk jogging, as we've already discussed. And these sort of activities can help you burn calories faster rather than trying to run every day and ultimately probably put yourself in more trouble than when you started. And I'm, I'm a physiotherapist. I see lots of patients and patients will ask me, is running bad? Is it causing damage to my joints? So while we're talking about the beginners, and these are the guys that might be worried about that more so than someone that's experienced with running. If I go to you, Alex, on this one, what do we say to reduce the anxiety around running might be bad for our bodies? The classic thing you get from people who are skeptics of running is that yeah, running will cause arthritis or running will cause your joints to wear out. And there's more and more emerging research that's started to show that that's not the case and that it's a, really a bit of a myth or even goes further. And there's some recent studies that showed it's the opposite, that people that train regularly and consistently, and that's the key there, um, over a long period of time, tend to have healthier joints when you look at them on scans such as MRIs and x-rays. So I think the key there is gradual, progressive and consistent will be very good and protective for your joints. Um, sudden bursts, sudden spikes, too much, too soon is where you're potentially at risk of overuse, overload type injuries. So that's a good point. We know as, as physiotherapists seeing our patients, those that are less consistent with exercise, they don't get into a regular pattern for whatever reason. We know it's not easy to stay consistent, but those are probably going to be patients that maybe struggle with more injuries and, uh, and come back to see us for different things. Can we guide them in any other way, Andy, as to, as to how they can maybe maintain consistency? I think exercise should be treated like your diet and keeping active around the office and doing low intensity exercise around your general life, not just running, should be treated like having a healthy diet. If you have a consistent healthy diet, you'll be far healthier than the person who is two weeks healthy, two weeks unhealthy, two weeks healthy, two weeks unhealthy. When we're listening to our body, what niggles, what aches and pains should make people pay attention and seek some advice, particularly if they're in the gym? Andy, if they're in the gym feeling pain while they're training. You should be looking at what you're doing, whether your technique is good, whether you're pushing yourself appropriately throughout the week as well. You've got to ask yourself, is your ache and pain something that's preventing you from running or training in the gym? Or is it something that's getting worse week by week? month by month and if that's the case it might be something that you have to get looked at to make sure it doesn't become a serious handbrake on your exercise regime. I get so many patients I can't even tell you the number who have built up a belief that exercise in itself should be painful no pain no gain and the reality is that 
these aches and pains are generally as a result of something that can be changed and it could generally change your entire exercise plan simply by having it looked at, assessed and properly dealt with by a professional. So there'll be listeners who want to progress to entering an event, maybe a marathon, maybe a half marathon, a 10K. We know there are patients out there who will have a marathon that they train for for four months. They give themselves 12 weeks and they'll pick up a 12-week training plan from the internet and think that they can complete 26 miles at the end of that. Now, some will get away with that, some will manage it, but a lot will break down and we'll see them at month two or three because those longer runs are starting to come into the plan they're, they're struggling, they're, they're feeling some aches and pains, and they're, they're worried they're not going to get to the start line. What time should they give themselves, Alex? What do you think? If you know you want to run a marathon, my personal opinion is you should be building a base for a minimum of a few months. Before you even begin your marathon training program, you should be comfortably running three hours or so in a week over a few runs. That will give you a platform to build on once you hit your 16-week well, marathon program. If the event's shorter, you may well not need quite so long, but you still need to build a base that then allows you to start your training program, which may be one you've just found off the internet or maybe one that you get some guidance from a professional. What's the issue with grabbing a training plan from the internet and getting started at week one? I think the main issue is that it's not bespoke to you. The program may well just be too much too quickly, too many runs in the week. It may not give you education around recovery strategies. It may not give you education around cross-training and strength training to supplement the running. Um, there's just higher risks because there's too many unknowns for me. Whereas if you, um, if you have a little bit more guidance and you've discussed that training program with a running coach, a fitness expert, whoever it might be, it's more likely that it's going to be tailored for you and result in both a better performance and less likely to be spending time needing treatment for injuries. So if we're thinking about individual plans, Andy, and for you as a strength and conditioning coach, what are the, some of the key components you're thinking about with that runner? I start with goals. How fast do you want to run? If it's your first marathon, are you just looking to get round? We try and ascertain a fitness level. Lifestyle factors are really important for me as well. You might be advised to do a three or four run a week program, but in reality, you might have a very, very busy job. You might have young children. You might not be getting an adequate amount of sleep. Your diet might not be ideal and you might not have the means to change it. And that will alter how I plan someone's endurance event. So it's January and I've got London Marathon in four months time and I'm already struggling to do the number of sessions per week. And yet next week it wants me to do a little bit further and a little bit more. Do I follow that plan? I think the important thing is to listen to your body at this stage. It's good to have a structure and good to not constantly back off something that's been advised for you. But at the end of the day, there's no point pushing yourself beyond what you're able to do and what you're able to recover from. So if it means taking a week or two weeks where you take a step back or you do not try and increase your mileage too quickly, or as we talk about quite a lot when we're planning deloading weeks or resting weeks, then that might be the most important way for you to be able to get to the start line as injury free as possible. So essentially what we're saying is if, you, if you're missing a week or you're, you're struggling to keep up with a plan, you've got to have it in your head that you're probably not going to make the time that you want to make in the marathon at the end of the day, but you can still train and complete the race if you're happy to take a slower time. Yes, that's right. Another really important consideration is time off, recovery. Days doing nothing. What you do in your sessions is 50% and how well you recover is the other 50%. And if you get that half wrong, your risk of injury 
risk of developing problems at some point down the line gets higher and higher. So that includes, yeah, recovery days, easy days, uh, deload or recovery weeks. Sleep's got a lot of press over the last six to 12 months, a lot of, lot of interest in the media, a lot of people talking about it on, on blogs and on health-related websites. Why is sleep so important? Andy, you must talk to, this, to, to, to your patients all the time about sleep and how much time off they should get. So what are your thoughts on that? I think it's about targeting not just the duration you spend asleep. So we talk about eight hours as a golden number, but it's also the quality of sleep when you're actually in bed. Are you looking, are you able to spend a lot of that time in deep sleep? And all these effects have a knock on to the rest of your training plan and the rest of your life. So if you are getting adequate sleep, you're able to push your body harder. You're able to tolerate longer working hours. So you're not as stressed when you're going and trying to do exercise. So it's a very, very, very important part of everyday life. That was Andy Page speaking there. And just to add to Andy's final thoughts, it's a real challenge to train for an event if you're busy. We know that. Don't be too ambitious. Give yourself time and get ready. And we'd suggest you think about a 12-month plan rather than just four. So look out for our next two episodes. They'll be on common running injuries and also how the more experienced runner can prepare for a big race. If you want to know more about us, please do visit our website, puresportsmed.com. Finally, please subscribe to this podcast so you get all the episodes as soon as they're released. And remember to rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you use. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.